0: Welcome to Under the Radar, a show about independent iOS app development. I'm Marco Arment.
1: And I'm David Smith. Under the Radar is never longer than 30 minutes, so let's get started. So here we are at the kind of the, the calming down period of iOS 15
0: having been launched. Everyone's installing it. It's spreading. Um, adoption's actually pretty good for me so far. Um, I don't know how it's looking for you, Dave, but for me, I'm up, I'm up to like 30% iOS 15 already.
1: I'm at 12%. Nice.
0: Uh, oh, actually, correction. I am at almost forty percent. <laughs> so it, it's it's going great. Um, yeah. and for 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 those of us with power user apps, at least, uh, it's going great so far.
1: Oh wow! I just I, hold. On. I just hold on. That was I give you the number for Pedometer++. Plus Plus. The the Widgetsmith uh, adoption rate fifty percent. Oh my god, that's so. really because. Sen- Widgetsmith, I mean that's a,
0: that's a way larger sample set. Yeah. And it is granted, you know, people who are power users enough to install widgets, but that's still that's a much larger install base and probably a, yeah, yeah, yeah. a better cross-section of the population.
1: I don't know. It's doing well, is the reality. Yes. <laughs> there's a, there's a lot of people running iOS 15. That's fantastic man maybe i can
0: require it sometime soon <laughs> i would love I've, I've just as a little sidetrack I've, I've been you know starting to do a little bit of like redesign work and and as i'm doing things like rewriting view controllers in swift i'm like man i would love to use async await for things like i have to like you know load something into the view controller from the network and then pop the result and like man wouldn't it be nice <laughs> so hmm that's interesting <laughs> maybe you know like any redesign i do wouldn't be wouldn't be done until probably at least like this coming you know february march april kind of time frame if i even keep on track and do it this time which i say every year and i never do (laughs) so so maybe by then i think it would be probably pretty easy to require 15 at this at this
1: pickup rate but maybe and it didn't drop any devices so that's great
0: yeah exactly yeah so and they haven't dropped any devices i believe since ios 13 right i believe that's right yeah yeah, so this is this is great for us. I, I guess they're paying us back for that series 3. Uh, yeah. but anyway, <laughs> they um so it would be fun this week we thought to talk about um you know, kind of looking back on when we adopt new OS features. How does that go for us? Uh you know, which features have proven to be worth you know, adapting in our or adopting in our app and um and which ones maybe haven't which ones we've avoided and and how we make those kinds of decisions. So I was wondering, Dave. Like, you know, kind of looking back, um, you know, even as far as you know, iOS 14, iOS 13. Like, what were some of the big headlining features of like 13 and 14?
1: Yeah. So, like, I think of like iOS 13 was a relatively sort of quieter year from when I from when I can remember um, of it. It had things like the big features. But we, we've
0: all blocked out all the bad parts
1: because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> 13 was a buggy mess. Like, sign in with Apple came. Um, with that, which I think, as from as a developer feature, I think was some, certainly something um, interesting that I, I, I personally I never, never had a sort of a need or a use for it. But it was some, something that came in. Uh, it also introduced uh, system-wide dark mode, which was a, a meaningful feature that I think is is sort of in some ways like the hero for system features that just become part of the like the fabric of iOS development and are adopted universally and are generally well, you know, it's like any time or effort you put into dark, dark mode with iOS 13, you, 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 you got, you, you got your investment back because it it certainly went, uh, um, it, it went well. And it's, you know, it, I think it continues to be that way. Um, but I think that was the majority of it for, for iOS 13 in terms of like major features that I remember doing was just, uh, uh, adopting dark mode. Um, and then I think about iOS 14 and it's like iOS 14 had a couple of interesting, like I wish I had a good name for these. These, they're these iOS features that are almost like trying to create a new, a new area of development and some like they have a very mixed. History. So you think of in this, so the, in some maybe in some ways you can think of these as all the different extensions that you have to add to your main app binary. <laughs> um, anytime you have to add one of those, it's usually tying into one of these kind of things. And so, like specifically, I'm thinking about this time it's like app clips was a thing that was added in iOS 14, and as f- I've never seen one in in, in in real life. I know I'm sure they potentially exist, but it seems like that didn't that feature didn't particularly set the world on fire. Become something that was. Um, so, sort of bigger, important. Um, then, let's see what else did we have? We had ARKit four, which is one of those funny things. Where similarly, I feel like there's this area that, like every every year, there's this, these little. It's, like it's it's just sort of pushing out in that direction. Um, that I don't know. I, like I, ARKit is, feels like a, it'll, it'll always be next year. Next year is the year of ARKit, um, and uh, the sort of there's not much to there. Um, widgets. Um, we're at it in iOS 14, and uh, there were a ex- new extension type. They were a new thing we had to do with our apps. I can say from experience, quite popular. Um, something that <laughs> understatement. Uh, <laughs> yes, it's like many people like widgets. Uh, I could I could tell you with, with, with some with, with some certainty there, and I think I think widgets too were, were interesting now in that they, in the same way I was saying with dark mode and I was 13, I feel like they are just becoming just the, an expectation that they are part of iOS in a way that they didn't feel like a fa- They weren't a fad that just like appeared and then went away, which, I mean, honestly, I had a lot of concerns about when, you know, when Widget Smith had its, its sort of meteoric rise initially, it was, is this going to be one of these things that's cool and people are excited about for a few days and then it just fall- goes, all you know, it just falls away and the interest, the interest wanes and no one cares. And, it seems like widgets weren't that. It seems like the, the, that's a system feature that they added that had a meaningful and long-lasting impact. Um, and I think even you, you just added widgets, right? So it's they're continuing to expand even to, uh, um, you, you know, e, e, the expansion of them is continuing even to this day.
0: Yeah, I, I could not believe. So, you know, because of my kind of uh, leisurely pace of adopting new features and APIs... <laughs> that's a nice way to put it's it. It's a thoughtful approach. It's sure, a thoughtful that's approach. it. Yeah, I'm definitely not just you know a slacker who got way behind on technical debt for the last few years. Uh, but anyway, because of my slower than than ideal pace of adopting new features, I just got around you know a, a couple of weeks ago to shipping an update that used a lot of iOS 14 features, among which was a widget. And i I never really used widgets that much uh, myself until fairly recently. I've been kind of converted recently and and now I kind of see, Oh, this is what everyone's talking about. Um, and, and I was very, very surprised when I shipped mine quite how popular it was. And so quickly, like if you've been using overcast for, you know, the last, since I was 14 was released, you wouldn't know I had a widget because it wasn't there when I was 14 was released. Maybe like when you when you first set up your home screen for I was fourteen, you know, last year, maybe you looked around for what was out there, installed some stuff, and then kind of just never changed it after that. So when I released the widgets, I didn't make a huge fanfare out of it. I, you know, I posted on the Twitter account of the app and I put it in the release notes, but there was no big press or big you know, big like, you know, fanfare. There was no in app notification, hey, you can now add widgets. Like nothing like that. So unless you were, you know, the small percentage of my user base who followed like my social accounts, you wouldn't even know, or unless you've read the release notes, which no one does. So, for some reason, somehow, yet uh, less than I think I'm about two weeks out from release now, and it's already like. Way more. It's there's over ten thousand people who have it installed, who have a widget configured. Like, it's sure. it's a massive number of people considering there was no fanfare whatsoever, and and it's it's already proven like way more popular than things like the website, which I mean I know the website yeah. sucks, but that's still like that's still pretty pretty good considering. Um, so I, I kind of realized like oh, this feature was worth adopting, um, and and iOS fourteen you know it it, but as you mentioned it also added app clips and app clips is a feature that i could i theoretically want to try to play around with at some point as as like if somebody shares an overcast link like through iMessage or something which is the most popular share destination for me um if somebody shares a link in iMessage maybe i could pop up a little player and have it just like start playing and you know possibly do that but I, i don't first of all i don't even know how that works necessarily like i I don't know how good that experience can be in practice i'd have to actually try it and see um but the demand for that seems to have not really materialized i actually have seen exactly one app clip in the wild oh wow it was that a uh, restaurant that they had this thing where you could you could scan a qr code on the check and pay it with your phone without having to like you know give the credit card to anybody and go back and forth and everything so that was an option and what it did was brought up an app clip and then for the next like you know week or two i had this weird dotted icon in my app library (laughs) like wait what's that and then oh yeah that's right it's like and it's it's called something generic like pay the bill or something so it's like it's it just kept seeing like it kept offering for me to pay the bill at other times in my life that you know after that i was like (laughs) her. but yeah so but app clips is a feature that like that's a non-trivial amount of work to support um and if it's not going anywhere which I mean, honestly, we don't really know for sure. But maybe there are certain areas, um, certain you know industries or regions in which it is very popular, uh, but it seems like it's mostly not. And so, like, it's kind of hard to know though before the OS ships and before it's out there, like what's going to be that kind of feature. You know, I think it's easy to decide to support something like dark mode. You know, you mentioned dark mode in iOS thirteen because dark mode is the kind of thing that the entire system is moving in this direction to you know to make this this dark theme and auto switching available and even though it's a, in many cases it's a good amount of work to support something like that like any anytime the system design or theme changes or the system font or you know the 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 design language is currently in fashion like that's always a huge amount of work to support that kind of stuff but dark mode is the kind of thing that if you don't support it you're going to instantly look old. It's almost like not supporting a new screen size for, for a new phone or iPad. Like if your app is, is launching every time and it's being letterboxed in by black bars because you don't support the new screen size, your app is going to instantly look old. And that's, you know, something like dark mode is the kind of thing that can cause that. And so for that kind of context, I think it's it's an easy decision for developers to make. No matter how much work it is, you pretty much have to do it. Whereas something like, you know, the the app clip feature like that's or you know going back a little bit further something like siri intense uh it's a little harder to know like well how much is this going to actually be used um widgets i think were are a really good example of this because widgets are in theory you know this kind of like specialized feature that that maybe only power users were going to install and so it was probably hard to predict you know is anybody really you know quote anybody you know it, you know, beyond nerds, like is anybody going to really use this feature? And there have been things in the past that really didn't go very far. Things like you know, iMessage apps that weren't just sticker packs; like they pretty much didn't go anywhere. And, and that was a that was a big deal. Apple pushed it very heavily, and they had great you know lofty goals of how people might use it, and they just didn't. You know, um, Apple TV apps, <laughs> same thing. I think you know, <laughs> Apple TV apps are great if you're a video streaming service, and pretty much nothing for anybody else uh and you know we just didn't you know we had there was that that one fall where they unveiled the apple tv and and its sdk and they had those little tech talks where they went around and didn't you come to new york for ours i did yeah we we went to it together (laughs) yeah that's right (laughs) didn't you stay in my house i, forget. I think i you believe i did yes <laughs> but that was a long that was a long time ago <laughs> very long but, time ago yeah <laughs> but you know like we were all excited oh great a new platform you know maybe it maybe maybe people will use the apple tv to play games and browse real estate and then it just didn't really happen that way um and so it's it's hard to know in advance um but i think widgets were were one of those happy surprises where it seemed like it was probably going to be a pretty nerdy specialized low usage feature and it has ended up being a, a much bigger feature than that.
1: Well, and I think what's interesting there, and, cause I, and I think the reason I thought this, I think it's, in many ways this is an interesting discussion for us to have, is the sense of, obviously now we're looking forward to iOS 15, and moreover, thinking of you know the future, iOS 16, iOS 15.1, whatever comes down the, the road, is it's lo- sort of looking back to try and learn how to better make choices and decisions into the future. Because I have spent a tremendous amount of time sort of spinning my wheels on features that didn't go anywhere we're kind of waste of time and I think in retrospect there's the, the things that I see are the, that sense of one is it a feature that like my instinct initially is that that looks cool or interesting and not just like a tech demo like is something that would be practical and useful and doesn't just seem like it was someone had thought it was a cool idea and so they added it to the OS um, like they needed five features to put on this year and they just like pick that one. Um, And and anytime it it doesn't sort of have that initial like wow factor or something that I think is very cool or interesting and engaging right away, probably a good indication that it's not something that um, is going to be that exciting to work on. And I think sort of the slight counter to that is the sense of what was interesting with widgets is I feel like the way they were pitched initially and the way they were actually what got them sort of broad adoption and utility were I think were, were different things that what m- made people like the, the way that they were described to WWDC. And I think the way that most developers to you know, as far as I was aware, were talking about them and thinking about them is um, almost as thinking about them, like there are comp- sort of complications on, uh, on watchOS, that there are these sort of ways of showing, Little bits of inf- inf- status information or utility inside, you know, sort of pushing it slightly outside of your application, and sort of showing that uh, you know, on the home screen itself. Like it's almost like we were thinking of them as they were like better icons mm-hmm. um, for our applications. And it turns out when people, I mean. And obviously, not on. It's like not all of the the usefulness of widgets was WidgetSmith, but I think the thing that actually was exciting for people was giving people control over their home screen and the way it looked and what they could put there, and that's where the real like that was the catalyzing feature. Um, and I don't think anyone, me included, the person who made who who wrote the app that ended up kind of expanding that out into into the the public at large. Like I had no no idea that that's what. Uh, you know, people were going to be excited about that, that. That that's what people would be interested in. That it turns out, like adding specific photos to your home screen is like the killer feature for iOS 14 widgets. That is what the vast majority of widgets that have been added in Widgetsmith are. It is continues and con- it's like is continues to be the most popular thing. That the initial sort of like aesthetic sort of wave of, of interest, I think some of that exists, but it turns out what's actually what people really actually love is just probably you know putting pictures of things that they care about or love on their home screen. And like that's the exciting and interesting part. None of us could have predicted that. And so on the one hand, I think of, in retrospect, looking at these features that Apple announces, I think they think are cool. I look at it and if I'm a bit circumspect, like I don't see me using that very much. Maybe I shouldn't do it, but it's like you, there's the risk, I suppose, of that of potentially missing out on you're not the, you know, it's like you're not the, the primary audience for this feature anyway, um, potentially, and, that, you know, and, and potentially missing out. But also at the same time, like if you're building a feature that you don't, you're not excited about, that you don't care about, that you're not going to use yourself, then you're also probably setting yourself up for, for trouble as well. We
0: are sponsored this this episode by the Best in Class iOS App Book Series. The Best in Class iOS App Book Series is here to help you take your apps from good to great. Written by indie developer Jordan Morgan, he's covering all he knows about what he believes are the four most critical topics to develop quality software on iOS. Accessibility. Learn how to make sure your apps are designed for everyone. Master the basics and then deep dive into APIs like the rotor control or how to best support voiceover. Design. Every successful app eventually wins with design, but it looks different for each one. Here, you'll figure out how to find your app's voice and then use that to make it look and feel right at home in the iOS platform. And user experience. If an app is pretty to look at but unusable, it'll get deleted. That section's all about how to make that not happen. And finally, APIs. The last section in the series is an exhaustive look at all the major iOS frameworks and APIs. Learn about things like WidgetKit, hey, or how to leverage Siri APIs. <laughs> I swear this is not a coincidence. <laughs> or this is a coincidence. How to leverage Siri APIs to make sure your app is tightly integrated across the system. Uh, I have personally looked at this book series. I've gotten through most of the accessibility sections so far. And it's really well done. It's comprehensive, but it's also approachable. Like that's, you know, you don't want something to just be a reference manual or to be like two in the weeds technically, you know, but it's, it's really, really great. It has a really great balance of like detail versus, you know, you know, brevity and stuff like that. It's, I, I strongly recommend checking this out. So, Right now the book series is in early access. New content updates come out every two weeks. The accessibility book is up first. It already has over a hundred pages of content and over thirty code samples in both UIKit and Swift UI. The book series will be $160 when it's out of early access, but our listeners can enjoy a 50% early access discount. This will get you all the books in the series as they come out, a comprehensive Xcode project with all the code samples, access to a private Discord server to chat with the author and other developers, a bonus section just for early access buyers, and free updates for all the books as they come out. So visit bestinclassiosapp.com radar to get started today. Whether you're an experienced developer who wants a reference guy for the platform or you need to brush up on design or if you're just new to the world of ios this book series has you covered it's like apple's human interface guidelines combined with in-depth documentation and code samples so once again that's best in class radar to get the series for 50 percent off our thanks to best in class ios app for their support of this show and relay fm so now that you know iOS fifteen is 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 out and apparently getting adopted fairly quickly, which is great. Yeah. Um, you know, looking at some of the things that iOS fifteen has added, uh, obviously on the technical side, whether you can adopt stuff like async await is going you know, to depend basically on when you can require iOS fifteen. But on the user facing feature side, I feel like we kind of got a break this year in that there really aren't many user facing features. Um, the the most obvious features that you might have to you know, it adopts in some way in your app are the notification uh, classes where you can like, you can say whether your notification is time sensitive or not. But that's that's a fairly small thing. the The biggest like user facing like real feature, I think that that they they marketed very heavily is probably share play. And this was an interesting um, you know dilemma for me whether I wanted to support share play or not early on and. You know, now we have the benefit of knowing that it actually isn't out yet, <laughs> and they, they, it got delayed, and you know maybe it'll come out in fifteen point one, maybe it'll be fifteen point two, who knows? But uh, it's 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 been somewhat delayed. Um, but you know, with SharePlay, the idea is you can uh, you know as a media app, which I have you can like create a shared media experience so like you you could basically make like a podcast listening party that would happen over FaceTime uh, or in some other way where it's like it's coordinated between multiple people who all listen at the same time and can communicate with each other and you know talk during that or or you know annotate it somehow or things like that and so Apple was pushing this pretty heavily i think in part because it's a, it's a fairly cool feature in certain contexts but also in part because it was basically their only user facing feature for ios 15 that developers would have you know any real chance of adopting and having it, having it have some kind of third-party app story um, and so i made the decision early on to not jump into it yet uh, and to p- take take a wait and see approach basically let me see what other people do with share play first and if it really takes off and if my users demand it and you know if other podcast apps do it then maybe i'll do it but the, the reason I didn't jump in immediately is because it would be a a fairly significant technical challenge for me because of the way podcasts are served with dynamic ad insertion. I would basically have to like have one person play the podcast for everyone else or send everyone else the same copy from one person or something like that. Uh, and, and so it would be more complicated. And, I wouldn't be able to have my audio engine work in this context because it would have to be this kind of like multi-point coordinated thing. So you couldn't have different people playing it at different speeds and stuff like that. Couldn't do smart speeds. So like it, it would be kind of a, a weird fit for my app and for what my customers expect. So I decided not to support share play yet and to just wait and see if anybody really demands that. And honestly it hasn't happened yet. And I, and I don't think it will. Um, but it's, that's a hard call to make in advance, as we've been saying, like, you know, sometimes things seem like they're going to be big hits and then they're not, uh, or vice versa.
1: Yeah, and I think SharePlay is, is this great example of a kind of, there are some features that it's, like, there are features that I feel like target particular use cases and become very specific. And there are features that become, are the opposite and just are broad and apply universally, And I think what increasingly I have a sense of is that the more broad a feature will have impact on the user and their their experience on their iPhone, um, the more likely it is to be something that is going to take off, be useful, be worth our time. Because when I think about SharePlay, like it's sort of like when I'm... Even watching the original sort of introduction to WWDC, it has this sense of like, I don't really want to be always on a FaceTime call when I want to watch it sort of, sort of like have this type of real-time collaboration. Um, The fact that it was tied to FaceTime specifically rather than if Apple had provided a sort of a real time, like which in some ways is weird that they did it this way where I, sometimes I think that the group activities API that under, that is like the, the, the baseline of SharePlay feels like it should be its own standalone thing and is potentially interesting and compelling as a service there you know apple essentially providing a way to do real-time collaboration at a system level in a really low friction way like the group activities api looks amazing like i watched all the wgc videos thought it was really cool but the fact that the use case for this gets so specific that you need to be on a facetime call so you you need to, you know, it's like have have a a video stream running while you're doing whatever the real-time collaborative uh, activity is, gets very narrow. It's like the main use case that I feel like keeps being come up, comes up is this sort of shared media experience. And like a shared media experience over FaceTime, like it becomes so specific and so like, like you do mean just practically speaking that it's the kind of thing where you're having to like make an appointment with someone else at a particular time to do a particular thing and then it sort of can come into its own and potentially be useful like it just becomes so narrow that it seems it's much more unlikely that it's actually going to go anywhere and that it's actually going to be um this big sort of impact Im- impacting event that you might that you might um Imagine, and so I think your 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 approach of of being wait and see makes a lot of sense that it might make sense for a large media company to pursue this And in many ways they sort of have that I think like Disney plus and Netflix have like the group watch functionality built into their apps where you can have synchronized uh, play s- sort of playback of something which you know made sense in some ways because that's a very specific use case and a very large audience um, but for most of us, I think it, it, it didn't like it, it. I when I thought about this feature, I couldn't come up with a use case for it that I thought was particularly interesting, especially in the context that it has to be tied to to FaceTime. And so, just wait and see. And it turned out, obviously, in this case, waiting and seeing for SharePlay made a lot of sense because um, even you know, sort of like Apple seems to be having uh, trouble with uh, getting it implemented and getting it working in, in the first place.
0: No, because it's hard. You know? it's, it's a hard yeah. problem to solve. Like, I think like ultimately, like one of the factors that comes into play here with trying to figure out whether to adopt something like this is to know your app and to know your users. You know, in in my case, I knew that my users would adopt dark mode instantly, <laughs> and so I knew like you know when iOS 13 came out, oh yeah, I better support that like on day one. Um, I I also know that my users are you know they skew towards power users, and, and so. Stuff like widgets, even though I didn't adopt them immediately, I knew I should have <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it took me a long time you know but I, I knew I should have adopted them um, and, and you know stuff like Siri Intense. like I, I knew that even though I knew that was not going to be a large number of people, I knew that I would start hearing from people about that instantly on day one and I did. And so I've, I've always adopted them, even when they were a huge pain in the butt <laughs> to adopt in the, in the past. It's, it got a lot better when I was 14. But yeah. anyway, so, you know, and part of this is, you know, knowing my audience, like thinking, okay, well, share play is a feature. Fine. How would people actually use that with listening to podcasts? Well, I guess the idea is to, you know, be on a FaceTime call together with somebody who you're listening to a podcast with together. Most common case of that's probably like your partner you know if, if if you and your partners like oftentimes people will save certain podcasts to listen to with their partners but you also usually live with your partner unless you're like you know traveling or something so like that c- cuts it down to like okay well this is already going to be like a subset of a subset of a subset of the time because it's only going to really be when you're away like from home and that's first of all not a lot of that happening these days but you know even when it is like that's only that's only a subset of certain times and it's like actually podcast listening, from from what I've learned running a podcast app for, you know, seven years, whatever it's been, God. Uh, but, <laughs> but what I've learned is that it's mostly a solitary activity. Like, it's mostly something that you do in headphones or through your phone speaker, like as you're like walking around or doing errands or doing housework or, or you know or commuting like that's mostly where people listen to podcasts it's usually not a group activity I've had social features in the past and they've gone almost nowhere really because it's not even that social of a thing you don't usually listen to the same things as your friends and so i I've, I decided like knowing my app and thinking about how it would actually be used I think it's not going to be a thing that that my users demand and so I decided not to do it
1: yeah, and I think I think the, the last thing you said there is—it's like—is the most important thing. It's like knowing your app and knowing your users, um, and not trying to make a feature happen and chase being like in the list uh, in the app store of like you know new apps for iOS 15 and being in that list that lasts a couple of weeks and like in theory, it is really cool to be in there. And I'm not saying it's not, but it can often feel like you're chasing some. You're, you're ch- like you're chasing. Apple's adoration rather than the adoration of your your users. And it's like, that's interesting and nice, but probably not a long-lived uh, sort of path to success.
0: Yeah. And if it, if it isn't something that's going to really strongly resonate with your users, that trade-off is probably not worth it. Yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. And we'll talk to you in two weeks.
1: Bye.